Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. stirring my heart in some things and so I'm hoping that we'll end with a bang that it'll be something that just stirs your heart compels your faith just to lean in a little bit more and again I know that God's doing some amazing things in our church and it's simply because people are having a heart that's turning for the house and when I say the house I'm not talking about a building I'm talking about the people of God that that people are being aware of the signs of the time that Jesus is coming soon and that it is harvest time it's time to be about God's business and really put priorities in the right place. Amen? Amen. And so if you've been with us for a length of time, uh, we've said this, and it seems this was never the intent, really, as I began the message. But every time we began to share the message, the theme was that a heart for the house has far-reaching power or that it becomes a generational thing. When we have a heart for the house... It's generations that are being affected. And therefore, again, when it comes to the house of God, the house of God ought to be a reflection of our house, right? So in other words, you ought to be able to go home and have church because your house is similar or represents the house of God and vice versa. Now, I asked a question last week. I said, is anybody's house perfect? Is your house perfect? And everybody said, no, my house. Uh, my house well, my house would be perfect with my wife. I mess it up. But anyways, that's a whole other side story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> anyways, nobody's house is perfect, and the house of God isn't perfect, so therefore we should not expect it to be so, right? Now, with that being said, we also have to understand that when it comes to your house, if we was to take a cross-section of everybody's house, everybody's house would look different. Everybody's house would be different in their pursuit for God or just, I guess, their maturity or where their relationship is with God. And that's not being critical from one to the other. That's just the reality. And so that also means that when we come into the house of God, there is a cross-section of multiple homes and multiple faith and multiple uh, just walks with God. Does that make sense? And so we can't expect church to be lumped up all in one box we've got multiple people that we're looking to minister to and the endeavor is is to help each house come to the next place or rise to the next level in their walk with God 
And as everybody in the house of God takes a step up and begins to grow, what does it do to the house of God here in this place? The church grows and it elevates, right? And so that's the intent and the heart of walking with Jesus and recognizing that God has a heart for our house and we have a heart for his house. Now, just to kind of give you a, a little bit of a background of the house that I grew up in, there's something that uh, stands out or just kind of comes to remembrance as I begin to think back to my early days of my parents starting to walk with Jesus. I believe mom was the one that started to really start following God first and then dad or again I don't remember the scenario I'm just from what I remember uh, mom got saved I believe in 1975 and then shortly thereafter uh, I had a tumor that was on my neck and I can't remember exactly how old I was maybe around eight maybe maybe about six somewhere on there I guess it was and so there was a woman that my mom worked with and she was a woman that had a heart for God and went to a church that believed that God was a miracle-working God. And so they had a guest minister that came in, and I guess his, his forte or just his gifting was to minister to the sick. And so she told my mom, knowing that I had a tumor in my neck, she says, why don't you come to the service and bring your son? And so she said, okay, and we came to the service. And I don't know if we got there late, but I mean, we were right up front. Maybe that was intentional by mom. She was like, well, you're going to get it. You're going to get what you came here for, and we're getting right up front. I don't know. But I remember we were right there on the second row, and I remember the guest minister. It was kind of a platform similar to this. It was a step up. He said, who needs healing? And so I raised my hand. Maybe mom did. And so he called me up, had me come stand right up on the platform, stood behind me and began to pray. And I didn't feel nothing, didn't sense anything happening in my body. But he says, is there a doctor or a nurse in the congregation? And somebody rose their hand and a woman, she came up. And whether she was a doctor or a nurse, I don't recall. But she came up and he says, feel his neck. She, he says, do you feel the tumor still in his neck? And she began to feel around. And she says, I don't feel a thing. I left there that day being totally healed. Never had to go and have surgery. Because I had had surgery on the other side. Because there was a tumor that was there. This side it happened and... This time, God decided to do supernatural surgery. Amen. So, that was a house that I was raised in. As a young boy, I began to see that there was a miracle-working God, that God is a God that loves us and will come and visit our house. Amen. And once again, so many times we come to church thinking, well, I'm just doing it out of religion, just doing it out of duty. But listen, God wants to meet you and visit you and radically turn your world upside down. And when I say turn your world upside down, I'm not talking about a life of religion and being weird for Jesus. I'm talking about a life that comes in a relationship with Him and walks with Him and knows Him and He becomes real. Amen. God was never a God of hide and seek. He's a God of show and tell. If you'll call on him, he'll show up. He just loves to interact with his people. And God's endeavoring to touch your house so that he can touch this house. Because he has a heart for your house and he has a heart for this house. Amen? Whenever God begins to work in the affairs of his people, he always does it through supernatural relationships. Now, I'll make mention of that in just a moment. But as we begin to talk about supernatural relationships, I want to draw your attention to a scripture that we shared at the end of last week's message. 
And I want to begin this morning with it because there are several principles or things that God wants to speak to our hearts this morning. Let me draw your attention to 1 Kings chapter 17, starting in verse 10. It says, So he set out and went to Zarephath, this is speaking of Elijah, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks for firewood. He called out to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a jar so that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Hey, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour, in a bowl and a little oil in a jar. See, I am gathering a few sticks so that I may go in and bake it for me and my my son, that when we may eat it, as our last meal, we'll die. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you said. Just make me a little bread from it first and bring it out to me. And afterwards, you you will make one for yourselves and for your son. I said that when God begins to move in your house and in the house of God, God always does it through supernatural relationships. As we saw, God said to Elijah, he said, there's a woman that's going to take care of your needs. Go find her. And you begin to see the exchange there. But here's the backstory concerning Elijah. Well, let me say this first in regards to supernatural relationships. For the sake of not being spooky and kooky, you're thinking, well, what does supernatural mean? Supernatural means that they're just supernatural relationships, meaning they're natural relationships, but they're super. (laughs) Amen. How many of you got some of those super relationships? Yeah, absolutely. But what does it look like? Or what is the benefit of it? It's not just natural relationships they are god ordained relationships have you got a relationship in your life where you know this isn't by accident this is a supernatural god ordained relationship god sent me you or god sent me to you because it's changed my life it's a supernatural relationship the benefits aren't just natural the benefits are also spiritual The relationship, the benefits are mutual. Both parties mutually benefit. There's a give and a take. With supernatural relationship, there's always a right place at the right time. Come on, I'll say that again. When God establishes relationships, it's always at the right time, at the right place. Can anybody say amen? Come on, I've had many of those relationships where it was God appointed at the right place at the right time. It was God all the way. I needed you in my life, right? And so lastly, in regards to supernatural relationships, those relationships will always impact generations. I said relationships that impact future generations. So as we begin to look at this story, it's important for us to back up for a moment. The Bible tells us that before he goes and seeks out the woman, it says that Elijah, which was a prophet, prophesied and began to declare, saying, there is not going to be rain in the land 
until I say it's time to rain. He was prophesying, saying that there is a drought that's coming. Whenever you have supernatural relationships, God will always speak to spiritual leaders. Now listen to what I'm saying. This isn't to elevate one person over the next. I'm simply saying this is how God functions. In fact, the scripture actually says this, that before God does anything in the earth, he first reveals it to the prophets. So in other words, God uses spiritual leadership to give you spiritual insight of things to come. Naturally and spiritually. And so the prophet Elijah said, there's not going to be rain. And it didn't rain for three years. Secondly, again, we see that as uh, uh, God began to minister to Elijah, he says to Elijah, he says, here's what I want you to do. He says, I want you to go eastward. And first of all, you're going to come and you're going to find a brook called Cherith. He said, at that place, you'll get something to drink. He said, as you're there, he said, I'll send ravens and they'll bring you food. And I'll sustain you. But that isn't all that God said. He first said, go to the brook, find nourishment, find water. I'll bring you food, but don't stop there. He said, there's a woman that I've prepared to help take care of you. What's that mean? God is all about supernatural relationships. Supernatural relationships take place within the body of Christ. It's so easy, and for so many, they feel as though, well, I can serve God all by myself. Me and God can have a relationship. I don't have to go to the building. Well, you realize church isn't a building, but it's about an assembly of people. Your faith grows as a result of being around other people. My faith grows as a result of being around you. And we mutually grow and develop by fellowshipping with one another, right? As I said, many people think, well, I can serve God and I can be okay with God. And my house can grow and develop and be what it needs to be. I'll just stay over here by myself and God will take care of me. We don't see that here in this story. There was a season or a moment of time where God says, you go there and I'll take care of you. But that's just on the journey to the place of a supernatural relationship. Right? Don't stop here. Don't isolate yourself. Go and find the supernatural relationship. Do you know that the devil wants you to isolate yourself? He wants you to get off all by yourself. Because if you get off by yourself, what happens? He begins to talk to you. He begins to tell you all the what for and all the problems and all the things. And then the next time you come to church, boy, that's exactly what you see. Yep, I saw it. Yep, I've been thinking about that. And I, sure enough, there it is. Well, why are you looking for it? It's because the enemy just got sitting on your shoulder and started telling you all the what fors and all the problems. And well, listen, I can come over to your house and I can pick out all the problems in just a matter of five minutes. Aren't we good at that? <laughs> sure. But what good does that do? It don't. Again, coming together to build one another up. Secondly, what, what do we see? We see this, that as God began to prepare Elijah to take him to a place of a supernatural relationship, he also said this, that I've prepared a woman to be a blessing to help you and minister to you. So what does that mean? In regards to supernatural relationships, it's not just one-sided. There's two sides to a relationship, right? 
So in regards to both of them, they, had to, uh, uh, they both had to hear from God. I said they both had to hear from God. Secondly, they both had to trust God. And third, they both had to exercise faith. It's mutual. For us to grow together, for my personal house to grow, I've got to trust God. I've got to hear God. I've got to exercise my faith. You yourself, you have to hear God, trust God, and exercise faith. When we come together, what do you do? You bring your trust and your faith, and collectively, our trust and faith gets stronger. Amen. Why? Because I begin to hear what God's doing in your life, and I begin to say, well, praise the Lord. God's no respecter of persons. You know, I've learned a long time ago. In fact, I know this is real uh, common, not for our church because we're spiritual, but, you know, it's one of those things where whenever we see other people getting blessed, we get excited about it. Man, that's awesome. Praise the Lord. But doggone it, they better not be more blessed than me. The moment they start getting more blessed than me, it starts to rub me a little bit more. Listen, this is what I've learned. I serve the same God. So if you're getting blessed and God's doing some amazing things in your life, you know what I say? I don't start grumbling and complaining. Well, God never does that for me. You're just so special and God does that for you because, you know, just he likes you better than me. No, I don't say that. When God starts blessing Doug's life, I say, next. Right. Next. Because I'm in the same blessing line. Amen. We're in the same family. We've got supernatural relationships together. So therefore, if God's doing it for you, he'll do it for me. Amen. In fact, I'm just, kind of, I'm just warning you ahead of time. I'll need bite, elbow, whatever. So if you're in my way in the blessing line, I'll, I'm, I'll cut. I'll cut in front of you, all right? <laughs> just put your guard up. <laughs> Amen. So once again, it takes both of us, or it takes both individuals to hear. It takes both individuals to trust. It takes both individuals to exercise faith. But now, as we begin to look at that story, where do we find her? The woman that God said, I'm preparing for you. The woman that he's seeking to find. Where do we find her, and what do we find her doing? The Bible says that she's picking up sticks. And what did she say she was picking up sticks for? She said, I'm picking up sticks because I'm getting ready to make my last meal. My son and I, we're going to eat this last meal and we're going to die. Before the relationship showed up, what began to happen? She began to look at circumstances and say, there's no hope. There's no answer. And obviously she was a woman of God. So you know that she was crying out to God. But she's saying, God, there's no hope. There's no answer. I don't see an answer in sight. And so she begins to look at the natural circumstances and says, we're going to die. She became overwhelmed by the present circumstances. Do you think she did that all by herself? She had help. When she was isolated by herself... In the circumstances that she was facing, you know that the enemy showed up and said, here you've been praying, you've been asking for help, and there's been nothing. You, you, you have your son, and you've been crying out to God about your son, but you know what? There's no hope. You're going to die, right? 
You're going to die. And that was simply a tactic of the enemy. That's what he does to you. That's what he does to me. Excuse me. When he isolates you, he paints the picture and makes it look so bad and so big. What's he do? He steals your joy and he steals your faith or your action of faith. Does anybody relate to what I'm talking about? Because we've all been there. We find her being overwhelmed by the circumstances. But God's answer was a supernatural relationship. God's answer is always, or it always comes through supernatural relationships. How is it that you received Jesus? You had to hear the gospel from somebody. That was ordained by God. You may not know who that person was. You may never seen, have seen them again. But it was a relationship that God ordained and you received Jesus. It's always done through supernatural relationships. And in supernatural relationships, it will always require your faith. Now, I want to bring your attention back to Elijah's conversation with her. When he first sees her, he says to her, don't fear. Don't be afraid. I know it looks real rough right now. I know it looks grim. But don't be afraid. What's he saying? Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. How many of us have ever lost hope? And we found that we isolated ourselves for six weeks. And it never got any better. Why why even go to church? Because it just don't seem to get any better. Well, staying away, it certainly didn't get any better, did it? Because there was nobody that you could come up alongside or they'll come up alongside of you to help stir your faith. He says to her, he says, don't fear. Don't fear. In the midst of her calamity, he says, don't fear. But now once again, words don't mean anything unless you have a relationship. I said, words don't mean anything unless you have a relationship or you know that that is a God-ordained relationship. Why? Because in the relationship, there's something different about the voice. When the voice of God's ordained relationship, when the voice speaks, it will do something on the inside of you. I've got supernatural relationships in my life. People that will come up alongside of me in times that I, I need it. There was a time, oh, I don't know, several years back when we almost lost everything. I mean, it was a rough period in our life. My pastors came up alongside of us and talked us off the edge. It was a rough season. It was hard. But when their voice spoke into my life, There was something about hearing their voice that seemed to make it all better. Why? Because it is a God-ordained relationship. And when you have a relationship, there's something in the voice that will help you in the time that you need it. Is this helping anybody this morning? Now, after he says to her, he says, don't fear. He says this, he says, go and do. Go and do just what you were saying you were going to do. He says, but when you do it, he says, make me a little of it first. Bring me a little of it first. Did you notice that he did not say to her, go make everything that you were intending to do 
and bring it to me. He did not overwhelm her faith and say, I know you just have a little bit of flour. I know you have just a little bit of oil. Go do it and bring it to me. He didn't. He says, go make a little and bring me a little. What was he saying? There's going to be some for me, but there's still going to be some left over for you and your son. Trust me. Go bring me a little. What does God do with you? He stretches your faith little by little through supernatural relationships. He does not overwhelm you and say, it's all or nothing, baby. He says, just give me a little. Just give me a little bit. And when you give him a little bit, he shows up, doesn't he? And like, oh, God, I can trust you. God, I can trust you. And then when we get there, he says, now, now that you've increased, give me a little. This little is a little bit more than the other because God increased you and expanded you. But he's still saying, give me a little. Are you willing to trust me? Are you seeing the exercise of faith and how God is expanding her house, taking care of her needs or getting ready to take care of her needs as God ministers to his needs? I said to you that supernatural relationships go two ways. Once again, you can hear the tenderness of his heart. You can hear the tenderness in his voice. You can hear God speaking to her, saying, listen, just give me a little. Just give me a little. But then he also goes on to say this. He doesn't just leave her hanging. He doesn't just give her a command and say, now, do what I say to do. And if you don't do it, you'll pay the consequence. No, he says, give me a little. And God said that if you'll do it, your oil and your flour will never run dry. So what, did we, what does she hear? Through the supernatural relationship, the voice is stretching her faith, but also encouraging her in the faithfulness of God. Now she has an opportunity to respond to what God is asking of her, but also on the backside knows that God said He will be faithful. Amen. So what does she do? She begins to do exactly what the man of God asked her to do. Now, I want to ask you the question. Do you think she was doing that without any presence of fear? Come on, let's not be over-spiritual, man. I mean, she was sitting here thinking, this was my last meal. We're getting ready to die. There is no hope. And now the man of God is asking me to give, her, give him a portion of what I have. Now, I'm doing it, but I sure hope that God shows up. She wasn't doing it in absence of fear. Faith does not operate where there is no presence of fear. It does it in spite of it. Amen? God, I know you said, and therefore it settles it. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know where. But I know that your word is faithful. I know that you don't change. I know that you did it then. You'll do it now. And so, God, I'm just going to step out and trust you. And so she began to make the cake. You know she was saying to herself, what in the world am I doing? Why am I getting ready to do this? But she continued to trust. Once again, notice he did not let her split it without first making her aware of the promise. God will never ask you to do anything without letting you know 
what he will do. Why? Because he's a faithful God. And there's a supernatural relationship. God doesn't just expect you to step out on blind faith. No, he wants you to know how good he is. Praise God. Now, where does the problem come in? You, you know, we have the story of the children of Israel where God led them out supernaturally, right? Through a supernatural relationship of Moses. But their hard hearts kept saying, wasn't it better if we was to go back? At least we had onion and leeks back there. We had food. I mean, who wants to go eat food that just constantly gives you bad breath, bad breath and indigestion? You know, we got onions and leeks back there, and we were slaves back there. Wasn't it better? You see how fear can twist the reality of what is. So as we purpose to trust God, He leads us into greater. He leads us into experiencing more. Supernatural relationships will help us overcome. What do they help us overcome? They help us overcome fear, anxiety. They encourage our faith, and they help us experience God's best. When I hear of God telling you things or doing things for you, what do you think it does for me? It encourages my faith. It encourages my faith because I get the privilege of being your pastor and helping you grow spiritually. And when I actually see you growing spiritually and seeing fruit come in your life, it's like, God, I'm making a difference. Thank you, Jesus, right? Because of supernatural relationships. You don't understand how much the devil works on keeping you out of the house of God because he knows the power of supernatural relationships. There was a woman just recently shared with my wife. She said, man, the enemy has been working on me overtime. In fact, she said, this is what the devil's been constantly tormenting me with. She said, uh, the devil's been saying, you better get out of that church. If you don't get out of that church, I'm coming after you. Isn't that wild? That the devil's afraid of what kind of church you're attending because God's doing something in your life and growing and bringing revelation knowledge to you. You're walking and pursuing God, living a life of faith. And the devil tries to bully you and say, if you don't get out of there, I'm coming after you. Well, devil, you just, you just do what you want to. You just hide and watch, Mr. Devil, because I'll show you that I'm victorious in Jesus. I'll show you what God can do. I'll show you what supernatural relationships can do. I'll show you what it looks like when I come to church because you want to come against me. You're not coming just against me. You're coming against the whole family of God. Amen. I'm not in this by myself. I'm not under the tree just waiting for the ravens to bring me some food. I'm coming into the house of God where I've got supernatural relationships. So if you're coming against me, you deal with us all. Amen. Again, there's... The importance of supernatural relationships. Now, what did the Bible say? The Bible says that she did exactly what the man of God asked her to do. And God supernaturally provided for her during the entire time of the drought. For three years, never went without flour or with oil. She was the one that was the example of what God can do. You can guarantee her house was full with people coming and saying, Can I get a little bread from you? How is it that you have bread? Well, let me just tell you, man, my God keeps on providing for me. You think there were people that started serving God as a result of her relationship? Absolutely. But what does the devil do? He tries to come and throw a monkey wrench in things. If you'll know the story, the Bible says that her, her boy got sick and died. We know that by the scripture, sickness and disease comes from the enemy. And this is what she said. She cried out and says, man of God, 
Have you come to bring my sins against me so that my son would die? In the midst of the devil killing her son with sickness and disease, he turned right around and tried to put the blame on her. Did you see that? The enemy was trying to torment her and saying, it's your fault that he's dead. What do you think the enemy is going to do to you when it comes to your children? Let me, just, let me put another spin on it. Well, I, I probably shouldn't go there. We'll just hold off. You want me to? All right. I will. You have a supernatural relationship as a mom and a dad to raise up your children. If they don't serve God, if they don't have a relationship with God, when they breathe their last, they will be separated from God for eternity. I guarantee you that will be the worst torment that we will ever experience to know that it was within our power to raise up our children to know Jesus. And we failed. And they're in eternity burning, for, burning in hell for eternity because we didn't do what God asked us to do. Come on. You don't think the enemy's going to jump on your shoulder and tell you it's your fault? Oh, yeah. For sure. But thank God we have supernatural relationships that will help us grow in our walk with Jesus. Amen? And again, that's not to be hard. In fact, for that matter, that's the love of God talking to you right now. That cares enough to say the hard things so that we can make sure that our children don't miss Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, so the Bible says this. She goes to the man of God and she says, do something. My son is dead. Now, isn't it interesting? The son is dead, but she says to the man of God, do something. How could she even go to the man of God and make such a request? Because she had a relationship where she saw God provide. The Bible says that the prophet of God, Elijah, took up the boy, went into the room, and began to pray for him. And the Bible says that that little boy came back to life. I said that little boy came back to life. Amen. Now listen, not only did that family, that household, experience a supernatural miracle of the flour and the oil lasting through the, uh, the time of a drought, she saw God raise the dead. Do you think that that will impact generations to come yes it will when the people are coming over and said can I borrow some flour sure God bless you God bless me I bless you when everybody says wasn't your son dead yeah but God come on her life because she chose to give place to a supernatural relationship touched generations your church is impacting generations. This church is impacting your great-grandchildren. You just don't even know it yet. Amen? Now let me close with this. Why don't you stand with me? Having a heart for the house will impact generations to come. God loves you. 
And he wants you to experience the supernatural side of a relationship with God. It's not weird. It's not spooky. And God certainly isn't asking you to give your life away to where you have nothing. He says, will you just give me a little? But I also said that having a heart for the house will touch generations to come. I shared with you that as a little boy, I had a tumor in my neck. And saw the hand of God do supernatural surgery and a miracle took place in my life. You can't talk me out of that God is a miracle working God. And I have carried that from generation to generation. Does it make me serve God any better? No. But it is something that I can reflect on and remember the faithfulness of God. I shared with you a couple weeks ago that my son fell and broke his arm. There's a legacy from generations or decades ago that went to the house of God and said, I trust God. Fifty years later almost, my son experiences a miracle. An arm that was severely broken and sagging way down. As my wife grabbed his arm and said, in the name of Jesus, <clears throat> that arm straightened out. Snack, crackle, pop. My daughter saw it firsthand. You can't tell them God is not a miracle working God. But it didn't stop there. When we went to the hospital, every person that my son came in contact with, as the nurses and the doctors are looking at his arm, he says this, Yeah, my arm was really bent, but my mom and my sisters prayed for me. And when they prayed, my arm immediately came straight. He's evangelizing the love of God at a 10-year-old age, saying God is a supernatural, miracle-working God. And that was passed down from generation to generation because somebody said, I have a heart for the house, and therefore I have a heart for the house. And my son and my daughters know that God is alive in the house. And there were those that kind of laughed, not laughing at, but thought it was cute. But whether they were laughing, they still heard God still does miracles because he's a supernatural God and God loves you he wants to be real he's not asking too much of you he's just asking will you at least right now give me a little because I'm getting ready to do a miracle in your life amen with every head bowed and every eye closed If you only knew how much God loves you. Some of you have been so afraid to allow Jesus in. Let's do life together 
And let's grow and know Jesus together. You don't have to do it by yourself. And nobody is holding you to a standard. Let's just let God do a miracle. If you're here this morning, nobody's looking around. Nobody's making judgments. I'm not going to call you out, invite you up front. But if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I want to give you that opportunity. If you think that you have, but there's something stirring. Listen, God's stirring your heart right now. If you're not sure, make it sure this morning. And hear this, you don't have to be perfect to receive. That's why we need Jesus. If you're here and you've never received Jesus or you would say, I want to make sure. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Would you just raise your hand? Alright, then I trust that you've all received Jesus. But now let me give you a different invitation. How many of you are ready to take that next, next step and allow Jesus in? If that's you, again, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. But if you're here and you're saying, I'm ready just to take the next step, whatever that looks like, would you raise your hand? I see hands all over the place. I see hands all over the place, all over the place. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. You can put them down once you've put them up. Listen, church, this is a move of God right now where God's saying, Let's take the next step together. Let's run after God. Amen. Let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, for anyone that is in this room, those that are watching online, that have said, God, I'm ready to take the next step. Listen, I know it's frightening. I know it's the unknown. I understand. But hear the heart of God. He's right there to hold your hand. To coach you along the way. To walk with you. To take the step. Father in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would dispel. Any insecurity. Any fear. Any anxiety right now. Devil in Jesus name. We tell you to shut up. Quit lying to people. To think that it's more. To serve Jesus. It's the greatest thing. Father, I thank you that you're birthing something right now in our hearts and that this is a new day at GVC. And we give you thanks and praise. And everyone said, Amen. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? 
we would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.